Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're doing something special in celebration of International Women's Day and sharing a conversation all about diversity, equity, and inclusion, recruiting, and empowering women in the workplace with Vitri Bhandari, Chief People Officer of Andela, a data-driven talent platform focused on powering the future of work. But instead of me hosting this conversation, we're bringing in one of our newest members of our podcasting community, HR Daily Advisors editor and host of the upcoming podcast, HR Works Work Break, Maddie Collins. Maddie, it's great to have you on and welcome to the HR Works podcast. Thanks for having me, Josh. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> All right. We're excited to have you. So Maddie, before we jump into your conversation with Vitri, would you mind telling our listeners a bit more about what they can expect from the upcoming HR Works Work Break that we're going to get going in late March? Of course. So WorkBreak is basically going to be a short form expansion of HR Works. So we're going to be primarily focusing on talking with leaders within the HR community, as well as members of our own editorial team to kind of get down to the brass tacks of how the HR world works and other trending topics. All right. Well, that all sounds great. And we can't wait to share your conversations with all the great members of the HR community. So without further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Vitri. Vitri, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. I'm happy to be here. So as this Tuesday is International Women's Day, we really wanted to focus on your company's drive for increased diversity, equity, and equality, and just your own experience as being a woman in a leadership position. Great. So just to start out, I was wondering in your experience, what has been the best approach to developing and enacting a diverse recruitment pipeline? So... I'll answer your question, but I guess like one thing I'd say is I think it goes even beyond what people think of in terms of recruiting. So for recruiting pipeline, I think it's taking a step back and recognizing that all of us are used to doing things that we've seen be successful in the past. And so what you actually have to question yourself on is if you haven't historically, especially in tech, had a diverse workforce, why is that? Which means that doing things in the same way is not going to yield the result that you actually want, right? Mm -hmm. And so you really need to start at the beginning by, hey, let's look at every single part of the process and let's understand where is it yielding the diversity we're looking for and where is it not. What that means is, is understanding things like, okay, well, what is the population that we are attracting when we do our employer branding? What is the portion of the population that we end up moving from each stage from the beginning of when a recruiter talks to somebody to, you know, depending on your process, the first interview, the second interview, if you have any particular types of exercises or anything like that. But at each stage, what does the population look like and where are we losing people that we might not want to be losing? And then beyond that, what's the underlying why, right? So questioning our own practices, our own questions, how things are framed, and recognizing that the reality is, is that everyone in the world has some form of unconscious bias without realizing it. And so the first thing is to understand that and then very proactively solve for that at every single stage. I think the companies that really think of this not just as a oh, this is something we're supposed to do, but they really understand the value and they really understand what is the goal and what are the benefits and what's the why behind that are the ones that are going to be super dedicated to like actually doing this well. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I noticed that the vision statement for Andela is that there are so many talented people, but opportunity isn't distributed evenly. So in that sphere, how have you guys been successful at bringing in more diverse talent? So I think Andela starts by recognizing that everybody is different and that there may be things that we don't know. And so it's really about seeking to understand from population in different parts of the world what their norms are, how they work. There's things that are even as simple as if there's somebody who is in Africa and they are interviewing with a company that is based in the UK, the norms of the interview process are different. The way things are phrased are different. The way people are assessing things are different. And so even just helping bridge that gap is one piece of it and understanding that, understanding what actually matters in terms of whether or not a person is capable and will perform well in that role. So there's a little bit of understanding both sides of what companies are looking for and how they're going to look for that as well as on the talent side. So I think the way we've been successful is just understanding the talent pool. Um, And then in our process, what we've done is we've continued to iterate to refine to keep it as objective as possible and focus on really like the skills that will make the difference in making an appropriate pairing of the two, essentially. It is interesting, actually, it even plays out at our company. Tech is known to be low in terms of the percentage of the population that's women. And Della, I think it's close to a 50-50 split. We look at it all the time, but we recently were looking at it and we're like, wow, that's really amazing. I think a lot of that is taking away things like the systemic bias that's just built in and really getting to the crux of what actually matters to make that match. The crux of it really is actually having a super objective process, right? And understanding the nuances and then making sure that you're solving at each stage for where are their breakdowns, what's the reason for the breakdown, and how do we need to shift our processes? How do we need to shift our algorithm in order to solve for that? Gotcha. So kind of in that same vein of addressing biases and trying to reduce them as much as possible, what kind of recruiting tools beyond the traditional sources have aided in diverse hiring? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is understanding that, to your point, it's like not just going just to the traditionally accepted sources that people have done for ages, but actually understanding, okay, where are we going to find those populations that might not have had access to it? So we partner with several different groups. We've been thoughtful about things like our job descriptions and making sure that we're having them assessed for anything that might inadvertently not lead to a sense of belonging or inclusion. And so just really being thoughtful at every step of, you know, Where are we potentially inadvertently limiting the population that would see this as something that is attractive or where they would feel like this is the right place for them? And then making sure that we're holding ourselves and others accountable for living that. You know, the other thing is we've been much more open to, you know, non-traditional backgrounds, obviously, as well. And so it really is focused much more on the skill set. Whereas a lot of other times you'll see people are focused on, well, what school did you go to? Did you come from one of these top five schools, top in, you know, whatever lens is their lens? And so we've really kind of cut a lot of that out of the system and are very thoughtful about the questions we're using in order to determine what is the right talent for a specific role and what is the right role for a specific talent. That makes a lot of sense. Kind of um, in line with what you were saying, this year's theme for International Women's Day is break the bias. So what does that mean to you personally as a woman in leadership? And how has the, the concept of breaking the bias, which is obviously already near and dear to your heart, contributed to looking into candidates and talent with non-traditional backgrounds or from other diverse areas? 
I think a lot of it is just like normalizing things, right? So there's so many things that have been normalized in the past that are not necessarily the right things to normalize going forward. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about speaking about that very openly and keeping it top of mind for everyone. So we've done things like, you know, I mentioned, for example, like the education piece, but I think part of it is talking about it, talking to it and educating anybody who is part of that process. What I'd say is, and all is a specific model. If I were also, you know, I'd think about that model. And then this is also applicable to recruiting teams and hiring managers within any given company, and especially in the tech space, which is to see that many people have been successful without those traditional backgrounds. And then highlighting those people, highlighting the fact that that is the case, making sure that we're pushing people to be asking questions that are getting to the heart of whether or not someone is talented and clearly calling out where we're seeing questions that could lead to some sort of bias and keeping it top of mind. I also think it's super important, super, super important for leadership to be actively talking about this, role modeling this, championing this, and just making it clear that this is really important as a priority. And without concerted effort and being very deliberate and intentional, things won't change on their own. The other piece I'd say is I've been fortunate enough to, um, well, at different junctures, I guess I'd say fortunate and unfortunate in that when I think about who are my role models, who's in my network, who have I come across, right? Inevitably, every person has their own journey. But if you say, hey, in tech, it's not as diverse as we'd like. And if you start with things like during the recruiting process, hey, we do referrals. That's often how new startups start off, right? It's like, hey, who do I know that could partner with me to go build this thing? Totally makes sense. There's no malintent. However, if you continue to build in that way, you're likely to continue to have a very similar population because it's the population that has gravitated together and are part of the natural networks that they're in. And you're likely to start to lack diversity over time if you continue to do that unless the initial group was already diverse. So I think like one thing is, is actually like countering that. So, you know, I've seen things like making sure that it's not as strongly referral-based potentially, or a very actively reaching out to different circles, different groups of people, different communities, and understanding what are the ways in which they are looking to figure out their next role, their next job, what's appealing to them, and tapping into that. Those are some of the things that come to mind. I think the other thing is in terms of like seeing role models, there weren't always role models for me to look to, which is a little bit challenging. And what I've found is over time, I've found some great role models. And I've also had people talk to me about like, it's really great to you know be able to talk to you about this. And I think all of us just need to be open to seeking to understand others and then need to share of ourselves very openly and not be afraid to talk about what has or hasn't worked in the system because that's the only way we move forward. Right. Kind of going off of that point, what advice do you have for any young women, especially women in tech, seeking out leadership roles or seeking out making a difference within their own companies? Yeah, I'd say just go for it um, is like the first thing. I think there's a lot of, I'll speak for myself, there's certainly when I was younger, a lot of, a lot of self-doubt. And I think that was because I, in my mind, didn't quite fit the mold of what I had seen. And I think what's important is to realize that you don't have to be a specific mold. You have to understand what works and what doesn't work, what has made people successful and what hasn't, and then forge your own. And each person is you know, motivated and operates differently. So it's almost just getting comfortable <laughs> with operating in the best way that you possibly can. And I think that's really hard at first. So what I'd say is, 
like lean on others, ask other people, talk about it openly. One thing that was helpful for me was to not think about it for myself, but was to actually think about it for if I don't do this, how many other people also don't do this because they don't see. And so like an example of that is I have two young children. When I was first breaking into kind of like hyper growth companies, which tend to run very quickly, I wasn't sure like how it was going to work for the ways that I needed to work in terms of my family. But I just made it super clear and I was really lucky that I, you know, aligned and chose companies that aligned with my value system, what was important, and that they supported me for my whole self. And I also just thought to myself, I need to do it unapologetically. And I just need to know that I also need to perform. And as long as I'm fulfilling that side of it, the rest of it shouldn't matter. And so that's what I'd say is I think the more you practice doing that, put yourself out of your comfort zone and you recognize like this is for you and for everybody else, the easier and easier it gets. And I've had a really great ride actually since then. That's so fantastic that you're able to truly be your authentic self and also pave the way for others who might not have the confidence or feel comfortable doing that just yet. Yeah. And honestly, like that came from me being fortunate enough to have someone who reminded me of that, right? If you don't go do this, Vitri, how many other people are also not going to go do this? And so I think it's important for all of us just to keep paying it forward, really. And to know that actually you bringing that diversity is actually making companies, organizations better. Like that is the reality and taking confidence in that. So in that same vein with how focused diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts really help further companies, what kind of role do you think it's going to play in the future of work or what we can expect for the world as it kind of transforms rapidly and slowly all at once? Yeah, I I think a few things. I think my hope is one, there will be increased diversity. And this is all relative, but relative to, to historical context, I'd say I think, you know, better working conditions, more inclusive environments. And I think that is the other piece you asked earlier about hiring also. Like it is about hiring, but also creating the right environment where people then thrive. Like how you're saying about how you felt comfortable in your company to ask for what right. you needed and make sure that everything was in place. Yeah. Like imagine if I had been hired and then realized that I didn't have that type of environment. It doesn't mean I couldn't have done it, but it would have been an uphill battle, right? And it would have been every day that would have taken some of my attention and it would have diverted, honestly, from what I was there to go do. I was really fortunate that I made sure that I lined up with a company that had shared values. So I think that's the other thing advice-wise is you deserve to be in a great environment. You deserve to be able to be comfortable in your own skin and live your life. And it feels challenging at first. But I think what's important is to always assume positive intent and to share openly because some of this could stem from just lack of awareness or ignorance in terms of how some people may operate versus others. And so I think the important thing is to seek to understand and to share of yourself. Now, if you still don't see change or you don't see, you know, respect for that, that's a very different matter. And I would make sure that you line up with companies that align with your values and that will allow you to be your full self. You don't have to settle. And the best performing companies, back to like your question about the future, the best performing companies are going to be the ones that recognize that and wholeheartedly appreciate and respect all of our differences And those are the ones that are going to be lucky enough to have the diversity of perspective that will lead to better business outcomes as well. So my belief is for the future, there will be hopefully increased diversity. There will be better, higher performing organizations and that more and more people will actually live in an environment where they can just bring their whole selves to work every single day 
not feel the drain of having to kind of shift from their core and they just find better alignment and potentially sounds cheesy, but this is a big part of why I joined Andela. I just think it can lead to like a much better, you know, win-win life for all. Yeah. And honestly, hopefully the future is that it isn't cheesy to be your authentic self. It isn't cheesy to just be you. That's just the norm. And everyone accepts you for who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a better world, right? We're all just human beings doing the best we can to, you know, live our lives. Exactly. Yeah. Going back to what's going on today, how have you seen COVID affect diversity and recruiting efforts? So I think on the recruiting front, what I've seen is that there's a couple of things. You have to be really thoughtful about what your process is and about being conscious and cognizant of the fact that things may be lost in translation and communication when it's over a Zoom call, when it's over a phone call, when it's not in person. That's just the reality of communication, right? Like 70% of the communication is actually nonverbal. And so you're capturing part of it by like kind of capturing the piece that's just like your facial expressions, but you're missing part of it as well. And so being cognizant of that and recognizing, hey, there may be social cues that are missed. There may be things that are lost in translation, particularly if there's different primary languages, things like that. I think being conscious of that and being thoughtful during your recruiting process to ask clarifying questions and confirm understandings on both sides is like really, really critical. Um, But it does make it more challenging, right? Especially for people who are diverse because there's going to be natural things where communications can break down basically. Similarly, in a COVID and remote setting, I think that it's a very similar thing. We often talk about, hey, you know, being conscious of the fact that we're doing more interactions over Zoom. You are doing more formal interactions because you're scheduling a call to do something and you're not just coming across somebody. You have less time to build the more informal relationships that are the basis of people actively trying to seek to understand, having empathy, learning about who you are as a person, what is your like, you know, what makes you tick? What is your family life? All of the things that make the holistic person and tend to breed things like empathy or, you know, acceptance or better understanding of each other, right? And so when people are more diverse, that's actually increasingly important to seek to understand because each person's lens might actually be more different if you are more diverse, just by nature of it, which is also what leads to better outcomes, better answers, um, you know, more challenging thought, uh, which I think in a supportive environment is actually the best answer. Mm -hmm. But I think not being cognizant of that, it leaves room for misinterpretation. So for example, there are even things like phrasing of words, simple traditions that in different cultures can be taken quite differently. And so if you're not aware that someone may have a different perspective of how something might be interpreted, you might misinterpret something the wrong way. And that could lead to, you know, people taking away the wrong message. Oh, you know what? This person actually was totally inconsiderate because they did X, Y, Z like some kind of hand gesture, for example. Now, in another culture, that might be a gesture of respect. And in one culture, it might be a sign that someone's disengaged. I'm making that up, but there are many things like that, right, that can be misinterpreted more easily. When you're in person, I think there's so much more you can pick up on and it makes you less prone to misinterpret. So I think those are things that are really, really important in this world to be sensitive to and to take into account and just like show the openness, don't take things personally, clarify frequently and like get to know the holistic person and seek to understand them as well as share of yourself. That makes a lot of sense. 
for as many challenges as you've seen remote work and technology bring to communicating with people and connecting with people, have you seen the recent remote shift make it easier to grow a more diverse workforce? In some ways, yes, absolutely, right? That's exactly like part of what we're always talking about at Andela in terms of connecting brilliance with opportunity. So in a more in-person world, I think the reality is many more companies will default to, hey, people have to be in a specific geography. If they are not in this specific geography, it's not going to work for us. And by doing that, one, they're limiting themselves to the potential talent they could be bringing on board and the people that they could be working with. And two, because of that, it's also excluding a huge portion of the population that is super talented mm -hmm. um, and just doesn't have access to those opportunities. That's something that like for me personally, like really, really resonated. And I think what we've seen is we have so many clients that are blown away by the talent that they get from us. And the reason for that is these are basically geographies that they might not otherwise have been looking in. Mm -hmm. Or they might potentially have been, during their recruiting process, maybe they were inadvertently, accidentally screening these people out. And so we've seen huge success with it. I think it leads to a more diverse workforce in general, and we've seen huge success with it. The other thing is, there's also, just coming back to things like we were talking about with women in tech, for myself, I did it either way, but certainly it has made it easier when I have things like, you know, I made it a point to kind of set the stage of how I was going to operate, but I used to have to leave work by three o'clock sharp to make sure that I didn't spend like two hours in traffic. And time is my greatest resource. And so <laughs> yeah. it was just such a waste. If I'm, if I'm wasting a lot of time commuting in and a lot of time commuting out, I mean, if I'm losing three to four hours a day, that's crazy if it's not productive time in some way, whether it's for my family, whether it's professionally, all the things that I enjoy doing, whether it's, you know, socially, whether it's, you know, for my health. And so – I think being able to be remote has actually been really great in that sense. Now, I did used to make it a point to leave at certain times so I would basically be able to beat traffic. But now having that flexibility has been fantastic because I'm just really thoughtful of how do I want to allocate my time? You know, and I'm not perfect at it. No one is. But at just allocating it in ways that feel good to me overall and allow me to live a holistic life that I feel is pretty well balanced. So yeah, I think it absolutely has. I mean, if you think about that, I would have placed myself out of several companies, right, if I couldn't make it work. I think the other thing is if I think about Andala and the fact that in most cases we are bringing basically diversity to the workforce that wouldn't have been there otherwise in many cases, you know, I think it's interesting because we've had a 96% placement success rate and on average it's 18-month like long engagements per candidates. And so if you just think about that alone and you think about the fact that those people otherwise wouldn't have been placed, you know, the diversity wouldn't have existed for those companies. They wouldn't get the benefit of having those perspectives and people might be there for shorter stints of time. I think that just speaks to the success of being in a remote world actually has been very beneficial for diversity. Right. For you personally, what has been your greatest achievement, either in your personal life or your professional life, just something that makes you really proud? So a friend of mine actually said to me when I was debating some career things and my two girls were even younger, and she said, well, what would you want to tell them? Like, what would you want them to do in your shoes? And so that was like such a great question. And so what I think I'm most proud of is that I've gotten to this point where I do live my life the way I want to. 
And I also feel like I've been able to impact a large population in many different ways. And so for me, I've always been a people person. Uh, People who know me know it's like my greatest success, honestly, has been helping many, many, many people who maybe didn't think it was possible for them to do what they are absolutely able to do. And people coming to me being like, Vitri, oh my gosh, like I just did this. Like, did you see I was able to accomplish these things? And me just knowing and saying like, yes, of course. And I knew you would be able to, right? And so seeing people be able to like blow themselves away (laughs) has been, I think, something that I'm super proud of. And just helping a couple of companies really scale from early days into rapidly and at a very deliberate pace um, in a successful way that basically stayed true to the values that really matter to me for people. I think like that's something I'm really proud of. And then doing that and being able to just live a really well-balanced life overall. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel very grateful that I've been able to be successful in doing that. I feel very grateful, you know, that I've had the support of people to do that. And then also in doing that and doing it at companies that are scaling really quickly or that have platform like Andela's, what we can do to amplify those learnings that I've had to do kind of on a personal level and like share it and help many others just accelerate their journey. Like that's super exciting and something I'm really proud of being able to have already done to some extent and will continue to do for sure. Yeah. It sounds like from where you've been, you've been a huge motivator and a huge supporter of a lot of different people. And like your friend said in that earlier conversation with you and your children, what advice you would give to them? Has there been anyone else in your life who's really helped you become who you are today? Um, Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, actually. Probably part of why I care so deeply about helping other people is I feel like 100% confident that I've only been fortunate enough and honestly privileged enough to live the life that I am today because of other people. Um, and this is part of what like has brought me to Andela. My parents played a huge role in it. And they um, <laughs> they actually, so I'm half Indian and half Filipino. They both came from their different countries. My dad came with like $8 in his pocket or something. And they worked really hard to create access to education, right? Access to opportunity, again. And then I had great mentors along the way who pushed me and challenged me and said, hey, you know what? You just want to move so fast and like learn and grow so fast that this structure or this type of company is not going to be the right type of company for you because you're going to get frustrated or get bored or just constantly be looking for the next challenge, the next challenge, the next challenge. And so I think they helped me get comfortable with moving on when it wasn't the right time. And I've been fortunate enough actually just to have a bunch of people that have supported me at pivotal junctures in my career and to make me feel empowered to try new things, follow what I gravitated towards. I worked at a company that focused on science of motivation. I'm a huge advocate of theirs. And what I'd say is I was able to follow the things that were play for me, that were purpose for me, that were potential, which is about like your learning and growth and development. And that played a huge role. I also think my mom was one of those people, and this is kind of back to my daughters. My mom was one of those people who like, super successful professionally, but loved it and thrived and was like always energetic, always happy. Also always made us feel, always made everyone feel like loved, cared for. Like we were really the focus of so much. And I think it just made me realize, you know what? You can have it all. You shouldn't settle. 
there is a way to make it work. And she was just super authentic. And I think that over time, I used to be very, very, very insecure when I was younger. I can relate to that. (laughs) Like, and... You know, and I still have tons of moments, right? Tons of moments, even now of self-doubt. And sometimes people ask me, they're like, how do you not? And I'm like, I do. What do you mean? (laughs) Like, I definitely do. Everyone does to some extent. Mm -hmm. But I think letting people know that everyone has their flaws, right? Everyone has their strengths and that's okay. What's important is do you continue to learn to grow? What's important is do you know who you are? Do you stand up for what you believe in? And are you living the life that you want to? And that like it really is possible to do all that. So I think surround yourself with people who will lift you up, who will give you direct candid feedback also in order to set you up for success and then just pay it forward. I think everyone kind of has things that set them up for success, whether they realized it or not. So just being kind to each other is going to be huge. But that's what's done it for me is I've really had many people that have helped bring me along the way. I would be nowhere without many, many other people. And that's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Wow. Kind of to bring this back to the candidate experience, Mm -hmm. just as important as recruitment is retention. So your values of creating opportunities for others and your ability to be your authentic self, what kind of role do you think that plays for continuing to create and maintain DE&I within companies? I think one, it helps because... Like I actually genuinely care to understand people, right? I genuinely want to get to know like Maddie, like what makes you tick? Um, (laughs) You know, like who are you? Even just during this, like there's so many things I've actually appreciated about you. And so um, I think, yeah, of course, of course. But I think like that, and this is where I come back to seeking to understand, I think understanding the nuances of what makes people unique. And this is for recruiting, retention, both as well as just the everyday today, right? Mm -hmm. It's about the personalization. It's about understanding what matters to people and then thinking about how that aligns with what we have at the company and how do we help support our people. And I think that because I'm naturally aligned in that way, that probably helps me have that perspective at a company level, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've been known in, in interviews as I got to know candidates to if a candidate said something that didn't quite resonate, wouldn't be a good match for the company or vice versa, to just raise it and ask the candidate to really think through it. I'm a big believer that the individuals and companies that are most successful are going to be the ones that leave other people better off, right? No matter what that touch point is. And sometimes that means saying like, hey, maybe this isn't the right match, actually. That's like just as important. But then what happens is I I always think of the science motivation. So especially if you're aligning values, incentives, motives, what you're doing is you're naturally going to create the right type of environment for the people that you bring on. And you're naturally going to think about what matters to them and what motivates them and provide that and support them with that. And the right thing is at a given point in time that for that person to move on, that's also okay, right? And we should encourage and support that person as they do that. But I think that's ultimately what's led to better retention, better culture, people feeling genuinely welcome, included, because they know they're genuinely cared for. It just has to be super authentic. And it doesn't mean that it will be perfect for everybody, right? It's about helping individuals really understand themselves and then understanding really like the environment, the company and the values, and then getting alignment there. So if you had to summarize for our listeners, three final takeaways to improve their DEI efforts and their recruitment process, what would you summarize those to be? It could be more than three if you need. 
So I think it would be one, being clear on who you are as a company, like be super authentic. Who are you really as a company? And just make sure you're kind of opening the windows and providing transparency to the world and to who you are as a company so that people can get an accurate understanding of the company's identity, the values, the operating model, how it works, what it would feel like, what would a day in the life at Andela be like? I think two is genuinely trying to get to know the candidates, genuinely seeking to understand who they are, what's important to them, and then helping them to figure out and determine if this is the right thing that is actually going to match what's important to them and in what ways. And then I think the third thing is just following through. And this is where kind of like the authenticity is. It can't be just about what you want to be aspirationally. It has to be a real honest look at what do you want to be as well as where are you today and painting that picture and living it and constantly striving to continue to improve and just recognizing that no matter who you are as an individual and no matter what company it is, there's always many things that you're going to be doing well and there's going to be many things that you could continue to improve. And so That should be something that is not shied away from, but something that is honestly and openly discussed and actively worked on. But I think those are the three things. You know, people want to find a place that aligns with their values. They want to find a place where they can do a role and do work that they love and they enjoy. They want to make sure that they're continuing to learn and grow. And so just understanding what makes people tick, you know, both at the high level, like I just articulated, but also on the individual level really matters. And it's going to lead to the best relationships long term. And it will lead to the win-win of those individuals having a really fruitful career and like day-to-day experience and hopefully just really enjoy working with the people at that company and life. And also will lead to the company being successful, having awesome people who want to work with more fantastic, diverse people, and just also performing well as a company. Yeah, that's really good advice. That's really solid advice. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Vitri, that basically is all the questions um, I have for you today. I also know you've got somewhere to be pretty soon. Um, But do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, No, just thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a great conversation. And I guess I just do want to say I'd encourage people to remember whether you realize it or not, you probably can do more than you think is possible and just call out what the challenges are and don't be afraid to be your authentic self and just know that diversity really does matter. Thank you so much, Vitri. It's really been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.